The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. We are back. UFC Vegas 18 has come to an end, and it ended with two violent and ferocious knockouts by Corey Sanhagen. And as you just saw, from Alexander Volkov, who finishes Alistair Overeem, Corey Sanhagen. If that's not the knockout of the year at the end of 2021, then we are in for something special in this calendar year. But thanks for joining us. Hope you guys enjoyed the card. We're going to talk about it with all of you guys to so get your questions, your thoughts about the card in the chat, and we will address them momentarily. I am Mike Heck, being joined by Jose Youngs. What did you think of Volkov's tattoo? That thing is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not my style of tattoos. Obviously, as everyone knows, I like all like the minimalistic like stickery tattoos that just kind of randomly splotch their place on my arms. But my God, that is it's just like well done. So 10 out of 10 execution, but it's not my style. But I got to show respect. I don't know who the artist is. If someone knows, tell me because I'd like I'd love to follow them on Instagram because that's some good stuff. And we're also being joined by the executive producer extraordinaire and Eminem's biggest fan, E. Casey Lydon. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Moving on. <laughs> Wait, was that was that Dana White in the video? Because I was kind of watching like this and like, uh, was that was that Dana? Or was that a fake Dana in the video? I think that was a fake. I, th- I mean, there was the real Dana on the Sports Center part, but I think. Like during the fight scenes, like the yeah. press conference part, I think that's fake. I think that was a fake Dana. Oh, okay, because he was wearing a mask. I was like, right. I was like, how did he get? That Dana? should tell you everything. Yeah, it's like this isn't real. This is Hollywood <laughs> show business. Oh, 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 God. Okay. Um, oh, let's, yeah. let's 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 talk about men getting their their faces bashed in, and not that Eminem thing. That okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's oh, let's start boy. with Alexander Volkov while they. Uh, the questions and the comments start to roll in. Jose Alexander Volkov, since that Curtis Blades fight, it's a new man, massive. And I remember when he weighed in for the Walt Harris fight, and he weighed in at like two sixty five or two sixty six, like right at the heavyweight limit. And I was like, oh boy. Normally, when he weighs that much, that means he's like out of shape. He's not taking things seriously. And then he lit Walt Harris up like a Christmas tree, especially to the body. And then he delivers a phenomenal performance. I mean, every strike he landed tonight was devastating to Alistair Overeem. What did you think of Volkov's performance tonight? I don't know if he's a new man or like he's all this improved and everything, because let's not forget, he was 10 seconds away 
from beating Derek Lewis. And then he just got dominated by Curtis Blades. So if he isn't a fool and he lets Derek Lewis punch him a bunch of times with like 30 seconds to go, he has one loss in the UFC, which would, what would his record be like? Six and one, seven and one. And now it's like what? Six and two or something like that. He's only lost to Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades. Derek Lewis can knock any human, anything that walks out. Uh, and then Curtis Blades, it is what it is. So uh, Walt Harris is also a phenomenal fighter, but Overeem just demolished him too. So I think this Volkov is what we all knew because, like, who else did he lose to? Shet Congo, like back in the Bellator days, and then he like rattled off all those impressive wins in M1 and the UFC. So uh, I just think fans, it's it's more of a uh, recency bias they saw him get dominated by blaze and then dominate harris but i think this is the volkov we've seen and i think he's a big factor that played is he didn't have to worry about getting taken down because he knows over is probably going to stand and strike with him and like casey said in the preview show and i tweeted it it looks like alistair Overeem did a lot of sparring with giant gloves because he would hold his hands up here and volkov would just be like there's an opening and he would just like light him up even though Overeem's hands are up because he doesn't have all that extra padding from his kickboxing sparring or whatever he was doing. So yeah, awesome forms from Volkov. What is I don't know how many knuckles does he have career as AK joins us like twenty something. So yeah, phenomenal performance, phenomenal. I feel like his confidence just continues to rise. Like he's just more comfortable in that octagon every time we see him. And I, I think that's a I mean pretty cliche to think thing to say because I think everybody, as you get in there, you get more confident. But I mean when you're trading shots with these heavyweights with massive power i mean it's just it's pretty cool ak how are you buddy what did you think of uh volkov's performance are we not on the eulogizing frankie edgar part of the uh y'all part are of the weird. show yet anyone can win <laughs> yes anyone can win jose guess what not anyone can get hit by a knee so hard that they they probably weren't moving for at least like a full minute uh and probably didn't recover until the commercial break uh, don't gentlemen, don't let me sidetrack whatever conversation you were having about the main events, Volkov Overeem or whatever. Uh, I did whenever you get to the Gerson thing and such, let me know. I'm, I'm just uh, grieving over here. That was uh, it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch. I'm an Edgar fan. I'm in a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, I just wanted to come on so I didn't, I wouldn't be alone. Just wanted to be here with the people that I love the most. Help me get through this difficult time. Man, you Weirdo. just sunk this thing into a yeah. to a downer place, man. How's everyone Jeez. doing tonight? How's everyone doing tonight? That's fine. Casey. I am an unbiased <laughs> watcher. Uh, Casey, what did you think of Volkov's performance? You did pick him, so you come him. out smelling like roses yeah. after losing like five or six picks in a row. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, as much as I want to um, give Volkov, okay, I knew Volkov was. I knew, I knew, I know he's an elite heavyweight. Um, I knew he's super dangerous. I knew like everything Jose said. He, he's he's he, nine out of ten times he beats Derek Lewis. Yeah, he lost to Curtis Blades. He got him. And um, and if that was, if that Curtis Blades fight was in the big the big octagon, who knows? But it happened. Um, man, but over him, man, he looked. He just he finally looked his age. His age, I guess. Like his his body didn't look quite the same. I mean, we we we, we never makes a comparison to over him ten years ago, but we're kind of past that. But even it's just everything just seemed off. I don't. My feeling is it was the Eminem video right before he's about to come out. They mm-hmm. go, hey, UFC staff goes, hey, over him, check out this video, and like it just never ends. And you just had to watch the Eminem video, and he just he just never got his head on straight. 
and um and maybe with Volkov since there was like a, a language barrier he just didn't know what he was watching so he was fine so um that's my only explanation for um the very um very uh just sad performance from Overeem and great that performance Eminem from Volkov. Eminem, Eminem curse yeah. and, he, and he wasn't it wasn't even his fault it wasn't even his fault <laughs> Right, yeah. we always joke, we joke about the Eminem car. He didn't even walk out to Eminem. He was just he was Eminem was thrust upon him. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you this, AK, since uh, you're kind of in a in a downer spot. Get my mind off of what, get my mind off of that. Whatever happened to Clint the Coming event, please make we are, me work. We are make, make we are awaiting the announcements. We are awaiting the announcements oh. of the bonuses. This one's gonna be easy. So let me so let me ask you, AK. Did young Oday Osborne? Get the Ike villain away. Do you think he gets the Ike villain away of a treatment where he doesn't get no. a bonus after those finishes? Or no, you think he definitely does? Oh, oh, right. No. Well, maybe they maybe they won't. Oh, they should give a fight of the night, though. <laughs> they should give a fight of the night. Yeah. There were some, there were some, there was at least two. I think both lightweight fights were awesome. So, <sighs> yeah, probably. So. I hope O'Day doesn't get because O'Day was spectacular. I think maybe, yeah, right. Because that has to be O'Day, Volka, oh, O'Day, Sanhagen. Mike, why did you make me think about this? I thought we were trying to get my mind off this. O'Day, it should be O'Day, Sanhagen, and either uh, Johnson Guida or uh, Dariush Diego. What? You put Johnson Guida over? There's gonna be I like no, that fight. There's not going to be. There's not going to be a fight of the night. Oh, really? For there's going to be no fight of the night. For for Dariush okay. was phenomenal. It was really good. Yeah, high really, level I really, MMA. It was great. I, I but I really enjoyed Johnson Guida too. You really? Yeah. That was a fun fight. It was a fight. It was like cool. It's a fight. <laughs> it's maybe, a fight. Maybe it's, in fairness, it, it, it's probably surpassed. Obviously, my you know, it's like uh, Darius and Fajeda lived up to my very high expectations, and I think I had no expectations for Johnson. Like, it'd be cool to watch because they're both good veterans. But it, so, so you know, I think it was the uh, the entertainment uh, uh, surprised me. So maybe that's why I'm giving a little more to, more credit to, to Guida and uh, Johnson. But yeah, Fajeda, obviously, Fajeda and Darius great. We thought it was going to be great, and it was great. Uh, the first round was friggin' awesome. Uh, it, was, it was a great fight all the way through. Yeah, but um, yeah, they could go for. Because you think they'll just go for four performance bonuses? I do, or three or whatever. So they don't always have to give out an exact amount every time. I do. I, I feel like this is one of those ones that we all think there's an awesome fight. And as I always say, like I'm not picking things based on what I believe, just based on the data that the UFC has shown. They tend to skip a lot of fight of the nights or and stuff mm. like that. Hmm. So Devonte Smith might be the one left out here, since I mean he got a finish, but it was like a yeah, stop. yeah, but it was, it was doctor. I think yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but yeah, I, I also you know the, uh, the 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 none of the fights were the the fights were the two lightweight fights were time they weren't like slobber knocker. Like, I think he's right. It's obvious super high level stuff. Uh, there, the first round of of Fajeda Darius was absolutely just nonstop action, and then you know, and then I think you appreciate more of the technical side of stuff in the last two rounds. Though again, they also kept a pretty high pace uh, even as it went on. But uh, yeah, they're not necessarily the slobber knockers that you know Dana White and, and whoever it is that decides bonuses love. So yeah, I could see the four bonuses instead. I do hope Ode gets one, regardless of whether it's four bonuses, four performances, or two performances. I would also yeah, like to, I would also like to add Casey to your Eminem theory that our good friend might well i'm i'm not sure if you're aware of who this individual is i know mike does our good friend jay petri over on sure dog has a running list of walkouts of eminem people and how they have done and they have won 45 percent of their fights so not oh. as big of a difference as you think uh, hmm. 
So it's and there's a couple no con there's a couple no contests overturns. Like Anderson Silva <laughs> always walks out. Like I think someone walked out to Eminem once and uh, got eventually became a no contest and stuff like that. But they win forty five percent of their fights. So shout out to our friend Jay over at Sherdog who has a running list. So fifty five percent then lose themselves. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well it. done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Mom's spaghetti. So you right, know that's spaghetti. a bad joke when AK says good job. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> that's a dad joke. And the list, uh, and for those wondering, <laughs> the list go, the list dates back to UFC 51, which is when uh, Tito Ortiz walked out to the song Mosh, which is an awful song. And then it goes yeah. all the way up to Billy Quarantillo uh, walked out to, and this isn't just solely Eminem song. Like Billy, Billy Q walked out to Obi Trice featuring Eminem. So this isn't just a solo one. So Jay did his homework. So got to respect, res- give respect to where it's due. Will he, will he add this okay. to the list is the question. Does this count as over again of being forced to, I mean, I think technically it was, but. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's see what the peeps have to say. I'm sure we're going to get a lot of uh, reaction to Corey Sanhagen's knockout and where he might go. What a knockout that was. Want to go to the card first or we're just going to go straight to the peeps? What do you, what do you want to do, Mr. Heck? Uh, we can go to the peeps. We can go to the peeps and we'll throw in some stuff in, in, yeah. in the in-between time. All right. I'm ready to talk about the knockout whenever it comes up. I'm ready. It's better <laughs> if I talk about it. Um, okay. Sorry. I haven't like, looked at the YouTube comments in a bit. Um, Just how good is Shet Congo? That should be the first question. <laughs> 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 Not how good is Algerman Sterling? How good is Czech Congo? Just how good hey. is Vitaly Minikov? <laughs> I was okay. Yeah, I was, okay, Minikov, where is no. he? Where is Minikov he? rules. Minikov, Minikov, like, where is he? Well, I think is he still in Bellator? Yeah, I think I think he, of the pandemic and all that kind of yeah, stuff of kind of messed things up with. Um, he has, he but he hasn't even fought in Russia. Issues. Doesn't he have? Is he not? I would think Bellator would let him because Russia, all kinds, uh, they've been holding all kinds of events there. M1, uh, all, every Russian league is pretty much running shows normally. So I don't know. I thought he had a deal with Bellator where he could fight um, for other for Russian promotions, but he hasn't. That was, I believe, I was that might have been. Was that a Bjorn Rebney deal? Could have been because been. I know he had visa issues back in like the mid to like 2013 and 2016 time. So he fought a bunch over in Fight Night Globals. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Zach, Tuvasa walking into my heart. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. Tuvasa, that's, he's also he, – he always walks out to a uh, unconventional pop song, if I'm not mistaken. Who walked out to um, We Are the World? Someone walked out to We Are the World. One. I don't know. The best sounds, like, sounds like a Genki Sudo thing to do. But um, – I was going to say, what do you guys think of the uh, – sorry, we'll get to Tristan's question in a second. What did you guys think of the Biggie versus Biggie battle with Sanhagen and Edgar? That's pretty cool. We all knew that was coming. Well – Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, did uh, Sanhagen walk out, walk out to give me the loot again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me, I mean – The third best The third best Biggie song ever. But it's that's, my, than, that's my favorite. You think it's better than Kicking the Door? No. That's my favorite. I, I, I like uh, – Kicking the Door, I think – Kicking the Door is number one. I me I tweeted this at Megan Olivia when she when she asked me to rank. I gave her a top ten. If you want me to run mm-hmm. through it, Danny Segura <laughs> disagreed with me. I also I also like Machine Gun Funk though as well. But also be in my top three. So number one, kicking the door. Number two, who shot you? Number three, yeah. give me the loot. Number four, ten crack commandments. Number five, juicy. Number six, one more chance. Number seven, what's beef? Number eight, can't say on air, and I will never say it in general. But blank bleed. <laughs> sure. Nine, going back to Cali. Ten. Hit I was gonna say. 
that has to be on there. See, uh, my second favorite Biggie song ever is, is "Everyday Struggle." It even make your top ten. It's so. a great song. He has, great so song, great, like, so he has so many great songs. There's so many winners. There's so many winners. So but I think "Kicking yeah. the Door," "Kicking the Door." I think the final <laughs> verse of "Kicking the Door" is one of the lyrical is mm. Biggie at his best. Who shot ya? Is pure venom. And as I said, anyone who drops a Shaka Khan reference in a hip hop song, automatic goat status. Three, he plays two different people. So God give respect. Four, it's great, okay. but I just think people who have never experienced that hardship in life like to use that to act hard. And number five, Juicy is just an OG classic. Of course. All right. Uh, I so could go on. News. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Oh. Some news before we hit Tristan Gordet's question. Uh, both Alexander Volkov and Alistair Overeem both being transported. So we will not hear from either of those gentlemen Whew. at the okay. post-fight press conference. So there you and go. Also, we have bonuses as well. Oh, let's hear him. I'm seeing bonuses. I see Volkov and Sandhagen. O'Day Osborne got the snub. He got that Villanueva. And uh, uh, fight of the night, Darius Fajeda. So no complaints there. But wow. yeah, unfortunately, someone had to be left out. So O'Day Osborne, 26-second one-punch knockout, uh, will is not receiving, a, a, at least as far as we know, one of the list, listed performance of the night bonuses. Ooh. It was a nice knockout. I'll give it that. But man, Jerome Rivera... <laughs> just that was just inc- I love Dominic just, Cruz. I love Dominic Cruz as a commentator because Dominic yeah, Cruz yeah. said Dominic goes, yeah, that was just really lazy by Rivera. Who is who I is Rivera's manager? Why... Who is his manager? Mike, um, do you know? He's yeah, I know. They're both okay. both of those guys are Iridium guys. All right, uh, a lot of respect for Iridium as a manager's company. Obviously, love working with them. But man, and and look, I I know you don't say no to the UFC when they come with a fight offer, but. Boy, this was a rough start for UFC career. He's fought three, to- uh, two times in the last 17 days, three times since October, I think. Uh, three different weight classes. God bless Rivera. He's a gamer. I, I hope because of his- all of his short notice stuff that they give him another opportunity. But, man, 0-3 to start, 26-second uh, knockout. I don't know. This might be uh... – Casey, did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Just... Yeah, this- Dude, there's someone, in your- there's someone in your place. Just a warning. <laughs> I just saw a small Asian lady run behind yeah, me. <laughs> be careful. There's someone in there. Um but uh, I hope Rivera gets another chance or or the opposite. Maybe it's better that he doesn't fight in the UFC again for now. Maybe go back to the regional and get his confidence and get his level of competition back uh, to where it should be because, again, three different weight classes, 0-3. He's a flyweight. And he, was funny at, he was funny at 145 today. Uh, that's, that's real time. Like what Casey said about uh, Mr. Rivera, who was, quote, lazy and got knocked out. I feel like the same thing with Vinicius. Who who is uh, the guy that I fought? Vinicius. I, how how do you say his last name? Yeah, Mojeda. Uh, right? Like that's the guy who threw the kick punch. That was like ridiculous. Yeah. So I feel like the UFC is like this. Is that really a spectacular knockout <laughs> when that's who you're knocking out? So it's like the same thing. Super impressive knockouts, but the other knockouts were just against high level competition. Yeah, that's that's the issue. Ca- I think Casey, I know you put a lot of stock into level of competition when it comes to these things because I mean, if we like, even when we're it's, it's like when we're compiling our KO subs of the year list, you could grab five random crazy regional international like moves, but the level of competition is so unpredictable. It's yeah. like obviously we why is the reason why we favor UFC, Bellator, etc. Yeah, no, I like I like that. How come too? no one oh. voted? Who's the guy that knocked out Ross Pearson with a rolling thunder? Like no one voted for him. Oh, uh, French guy. Uh, yeah, and I was yeah. like, that's. I felt like that was an oversight on a lot of sites. Yeah, that I one. Regard. Oh, yeah, exactly. It was. It was against the ex UFC guy. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it's true. I don't know. I don't even think it made our that year. Did it make our? I think no, it did make our I didn't top see top a top. single no. person in any. It was a vote. Someone voted for it. It, it. it made someone's list. Really? I don't think it made the top five. Someone did vote for it though. Anyway. 
Anyway, sorry for hijacking that. Go on. No, no, it's fine. So, so Rivera, Rivera's fought four times in the last six months. He fought on the That's Contender Series in August. Yeah. I thought he personally, I personally, he didn't get a contract. I personally thought he lost that fight to Luis Rodriguez. Um, and then his UFC debut on like a week's fight. notice. On like a week's notice, he has to fight freaking Tyson Nam. He took this fight on four days' notice at 145 <laughs> it's pounds. It's crazy. He's only 25 I years old. I was at the Jerome Rivera fight. That's what I remember. I think he definitely yeah. lost that fight. Right. Yeah. It's Luis rough. Rodriguez. He's talented kid. He is. Jerome is Jerome's talented kid. He, I mean, his his last loss before that was that crazy fight against Brandon Royval with that like nasty mm-hmm. injury he suffered uh, 40 seconds into the fight. So, you know, maybe maybe go to the regional scene, go back to LFA, get a couple more wins and – Come on back, because the guy's got talent. There's yeah, I, I, I really hope his his professional career isn't over at the age of twenty five. That would I would just mm-hmm. I don't know him, but I'll be just bummed out for him. But um, yeah, he, he he's not UFC level, and a couple couple good wins. Who knows? But uh, yeah, the NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. There was a there was a right, question. Well, oh, we answered the, we answered oh, yeah, the question. Here we go. Oh, we is go. it still there? Is it still there? No. There oh, we go. Tristan's oh, Tristan. Tristan, I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. What are the chances of Dana skipping over Sanhag and have TJ face the winner of Jan versus Sterling? Dana may feel it's a better sell for a pay-per-view. Okay. So I made this point on Twitter that Corey Sanhagen should not have to fight anybody else. His next fight should be for the belt. Now, if the UFC decides to go the Dillashaw route, which I don't think they should, I think Dillashaw should have to get a win first, that's fine. You could do that. But Corey Sanhagen's next fight should be for the title, no matter when that is. That's my opinion. There's people out there who've said that. You know what? Just make Sanhagen fight Dillashaw and the winner gets the title shot. I could not disagree with that more. But... I don't know. What do you guys think? AK, I'll start with you. Where do we go from here? I know, I know we got on to the next one, but I mean, it's yeah. pretty obvious what we do with well, San There's like one of two options. I'll answer uh, Tristan's question since he's been waiting so long. Uh, there's a very good chance. I, it, it, the way it's phrased, Tristan, maybe you're, maybe you're still too optimistic and full of, full of uh, you know, you're not cynical yet, but there's a very high chance that Dana skips over San Hagen. Of course, of course. Like I, if you had asked me what would San Hagen have to do to um, to not be skipped in line, I would have said, ah, score like a 30-second friggin' jumping knee knockout of Ranky Edgar. That's not going to happen. He did that, and I still think that Dana White is probably like, well, if TJ's available for that title, you know, to be the number one, for that number one contender shot, 
and I can get him in there against the winner of one of those guys, I'm still going to go with TJ. The, the, the UFC is very stuck in its ways when it comes to booking its former champions and people that its views as marketable. They love Cody Garbrandt. They love TJ Dillashaw. They love, you know, there's uh, uh, someone who fought last night, Paige Van Zandt, for the longest time. They were, they were very stuck on uh, booking her in high-profile fights. And again, the merits of these decisions can be debated, certainly, but it is a fact that once the UFC sees something uh, in a fighter as far as marketability goes, they are going to ride that as long as they can. And if if they think that uh, people will accept Dillashaw getting a teleshot, then they're going to go with it. And, and again, I think there are people out there, maybe a little more casual fans, who recognize the name and will say, oh, cool, that guy's back. I loved watching TJ Dillashaw fight. He, is he still the champion? Like, they probably don't even know about why. They might not even know about the EPO thing. So it's ridiculous. Obviously, uh, he should not be fighting for the title. But uh, the question specifically is about, will Dana see it that way? Uh, yeah, there's of course there's a chance that he'll he'll put Dillashaw on there. High chance, I would say. I, I'd say there's a better chance Dillashaw gets a teleshot than Sanhagen. There you go. Jose, I don't like to assume things, but you're the kind of guy who likes to wait until things play out. So let's just say if you're Corey Sanhagen, are you a gigantic Piotr Jan fan? Mm. Uh, I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting question because I think Algermain would be a guy that would recognize like he strikes me as an individual who would recognize people who deserve to fight for the title because he was in that position for so long. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Alzheimer won and they ran that one, but I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, Alzheimer Sterling has also wanted to fight Cody Garbrandt for a long time because they have serious beef and Alzheimer Sterling has insinuated some pretty awful things about Cody Garbrandt. So I don't know. I also want to see how the fight plays out because remember the first member when Brandon Moreno fought Figueredo, we were supposed to have a winner and a loser and that didn't happen. So for all we know, we could have a draw. We could have two, six month suspension. Sterling or Yon could get hurt. I don't know. I have no idea. Also, it's still the pandemic is still happening. This fight has already been booked once and it fell through. So let's see these two men enter the octagon first before I start thinking about who fights who. But I do agree with you. Uh, Sanhagen should not fight anyone unless it's for a belt, interim, or undisputed or otherwise. I don't care. Casey, what are your thoughts on this? I don't think Sanhagen has the um, name value to the UFC to I'm just going to wait for the title shot. I just don't think that's I, – I just think the UFC will be like, okay – I just, I, and, and that's just an unfortunate reality. I feel like, um, I feel Stan Hagen, man, but Stan Hagen did everything he needed to do tonight. Like, like, like okay, he, he did what Algermain did to him. Algermain needed an impressive win and he tapped him in one round. That's exactly what Corey Sanhagen just did today. And he dropped the promo afterward. He did everything yeah. perfect. And, but doesn't this, though, Casey, doesn't this show you the value of a Ben Askren? Because what is the difference other than 21 seconds, uh, 27 seconds, excuse me, between what Jorge Masvidal did and what and what uh, uh, I don't even want to say his name because I'm so upset. Corey Sandhagen did to Frank Edgar. Right. Uh, Frank Edgar is a much, I would say, a better fighter than Ben Askren. If I, I don't know, I don't think that's a very controversial uh, uh, you know, statement. Uh, and this is the, the knockout was incredible. But. Somehow this this knockout is not going to obviously resonate the same way that the Ashkin one did. And it goes to show you that when you have a guy like Askren who somehow is able to generate so much casual interest and really create this moment and really create a character that kind of helps to frame help to you know frame that knockout. That's now one of the greatest knockouts. It's been repeated a million times. It was in promos I was watching today for uh, I don't know, for some UFC fight pass show or something. And so why can't Sanhagen be Masvidal? 
I know he doesn't have the history, doesn't have the same personality, but just think about your think right. about your emotions after the yeah. when, when Askren got flatlined. Right. We, you, we were all like, oh, my God, that's the greatest yeah. dog I've ever seen. That's a, right? We're going to see the highlight reels forever. When we saw basically the same thing happen to Frankie Edgar, we were like, oh, I hope Frankie's OK. Right. And, and that's, 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 that's the problem. Yeah, that's a value of the also, heel, right? I think a lot of it has to do is Ben Askren was undefeated at the time, too. This too. And yes. he also like he he had never he had never lost. He flew to London to cut promos on the winner of Darren, to yep. call out the winner of Darren Tillamazzi. Yep. So I think it's a big combination of Ben Askren is a A-plus level prize fighter. Like, mm-hmm. he is a phenomenal Absolutely. prize fighter. Frankie is a yes. better martial artist. But in of terms of yep. being a prize fighter, I would say Ben Askren is one of the five best prize fighters the UFC's had in the last 10 years in terms of who can drum up interest. Or, the dude's fighting Jake Paul. Jake Paul's more famous <laughs> yeah. than any other UFC with, with fighter. The UFC's permission, with the UFC's yeah. permission, yeah. too. The yeah. UFC's letting this happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. Like, Ben, like, Jake Paul is the one that brought up this fight to begin with. And then, Mike, you interviewed him, and Jake and Ben Ask was like, yeah, that was weird. I'll fight him for sure. So, yeah, yeah I think it's just a big combination of Ben Ask talks a lot of shit. He was undefeated. Yes. <laughs> And then he got decapitated. So it happens. But, but same thing I, I with Jail Sonnen. I sent us on this tangent to explain why, like, Corey Sanhagen should be the clear. There should be no doubt. They should be on ESPN right now. They should be talking about Corey Sanhagen. I'm talking about, man, this guy's got to be fighting for a UFC title soon. Like, they should have casual talking heads talking about Corey Sanhagen right now. But for Dan, a bunch of reasons. Dana White didn't even show up. Yeah. Was Dana White even there tonight? I don't. I don't what's, think what's, so. What's he got going on? Right. This is so. So this it, is what you do, man. You you promote fights. Be your dang fight to promote it, man. I'm Dude, here. Eminem I'm, beat Eminem beat him up. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, I don't want to. <laughs> that's right. Ooh, I don't want. Okay. I look. I don't want to blame any one person for this. Like we said, there's a, a bunch of reasons why that Masvidal knockout became what it was uh, when it happened, and why the Sanhagen knockout probably isn't even after like even after they they spend time to package it and repackage it and show it again. It's never going to reach the level that 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 uh, Masvidal knockout did. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But yeah, it's kind of why this question is being asked. It's like, how does this not get you a title shot right away? And when you add in everything else Sanhagen has done, um, and again, there's a, there's a bunch of reasons for it, uh, opponent level and marketing and all this stuff. So it sucks. But uh, yeah, we could we might not see him fight for that title uh, until uh, after a couple of people get a shot for first. Real, real quick, I, I do disagree with you, Mr. Heck. Um, I don't think Sanhagen should uh, wait for the title. I think he should absolutely be... He should absolutely sign the contract and try to fight T.J. Dillashaw. That is the only way he will fight for that title. He has to beat T.J. Dillashaw. Wow. Or just – or what if – It's not fair, but I just think that's how prize fighting works. And because, like, he knocks out Frankie Edgar, he can't get on the ground and go, like, bat the ground and go, ooh, and do the sleeping thing. It doesn't work. But if he knocks out T.J. Dillashaw like that, Corey Sanhagen can do that whole thing because T.J.'s the bad guy. And and Corey Sanhagen needs to beat up a bad guy. Frankie Edgar is never the bad guy. Frankie Edgar is just Frankie freaking Edgar. He makes you. you Frankie can't, you Edgar can't, is the Rey Mysterio of the UFC. Yeah, you don't beat him up. You know, so you, can't, you look you look like a, you basically look like an asshole when you beat up Frankie Edgar. And uh, so, all right, let let, let let me ask this because AK, AK brought up a point. <laughs> He's saying that that Dillashaw is like a, this marketable guy. Like he's very marketable. I don't agree with that. Like, do you that like T.J. Dillashaw's greatness was like, you know, the fight that the, there, there was the movement and like some of the performances he had, like 
they were like, wow, this guy's really good. And then the Garbrand feud, yeah, it was what it was. But I don't think he's like that marketable. Like I mentioned this on the, on the preview show. Like what fight drums up more interest amongst the fans? Like I know one would be like maybe a main event on a fight night card and one would be maybe the co-main event or a main event of a pay-per-view. For What fight would be bigger for TJ Dillashaw in terms of like viewing audience and people actually caring? Would it be TJ fighting the winner, Piotr Jan or Aljamain Sterling, or would it be TJ Dillashaw fighting Uriah Faber? Oh. Uh, I think, well, wait, wait. I, I think the Faber fight would drum up more I, interest. I, I'm I not agree. Even, I don't even, I don't even yeah. think that fight's going to I don't even think that fight is possible in 2021. <laughs> Absolutely. I 1 million percent think it's possible. It's just a matter mm. of getting TJ on board. Yeah, TJ's the, TJ's the the wild card. He has to say yes. There's, I'm convinced that they've offered TJ this fight already, and that's I, why we haven't heard anything. They, they want to make this fight happen. I think that's the smartest fight for TJ to fight Faber. A hundred percent for for his own, just as a as a fighter, not not kind of prize fighting or anything. Just as a a fighter and having an opponent that that's clearly not as good as you, but you are going to be two years out of the ring and you know off the EPO. <laughs> whatever so um yeah Faber is one that makes sense but i think the title fight is just more money just, what if what if cruz wins and he wants to fight his hero i wouldn't hate that either cruz is fighting casey canning oh yeah yeah because like yeah I mean, if listen, we're talking about big options. fights like cruz yeah. is a big name i a lot of people still consider him the greatest band win ever and we, and we I mean, if he this, beats Casey Kenny, we still got this gentleman Santa out there Aguilar too. Uh, I think Garbrandt's fighting Aldo. Yeah, I'm just saying that, yeah. that might not that, might happen, but I'm fine with that. It's it's, all, it's 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 out there too. I like Damon's suggestions too. Like give give TJ Rob Fawn. I like that idea. I mean, it's not well, like the makes, sexiest fight see, of all the problem time is that, but, but the problem is that makes sense, right? And like we all say, I just don't think he should be rewarded with a title fight. I don't care I, how like marketable 100%. he is. I don't think he's that marketable. Like this isn't 100%. Connor. <laughs> Sandy Fam agrees. Uh, no, Mike, so you're right. Yeah, <laughs> he's Go not. Ahead, he's not like a proven like big pay per view or I think even ratings drop. But the UFC certainly sees him that way and has pushed him that way. Uh, so I think they have that kind of faith in him. But no, I agree. It is a bit weird why he's why he's kind of he and some other people are kind of pushed as like these huge huge draws, but. I guess they're they're enough. Uh, by the way, people are asking a lot of people asking what happened to the press conference. Uh, we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Overeem is going to the hospital, uh, Volkov's going to the hospital. No Dana White, so I don't think there is a press conference, right? Yeah, not I don't know if Stan Hagen's already gone yeah. up and spoken to the media right. or not. So yeah, it could just be over. Yeah, yeah, right. it won't and, be here because we're not there. Yeah, we we be talking mm-hmm. real quick about TJ again, um, but TJ is just so good at creating rivalries. San Hagen just doesn't have a rival. Mm-hmm. TJ had a rival rivalry of Cejudo, rivalry of Faber, yep. rivalry with yeah. Cruz, and so many. Garbrandt, Garbrandt. all them. Yeah. He doesn't he have did a good San, job of that. San, for sure. And San Hagen is just really, really good. That's and that's not how prize fighting in the UFC works, unfortunately. He's too intel. He's yeah, too eloquent Dillashaw's too. Like- he, he does like the Michael Chandler callouts, where it's like he's just a little too eloquent <laughs> for like. He's just, he, the the grammar is just too proper. It's like you gotta you gotta loosen it up a little bit. But he's very he's a very well spoken guy. If he would have came out there after he knocked out Frankie and just said, I'm not a fighter, I'm a feeling, would okay, never mind. Oh, instant title shot. <laughs> instant title he shot. He should have walked he uh, should have walked into the cage like that random woman did to Britain Hart. Just out of nowhere. Just walked in the <laughs> we cage. knew this was coming. Who was that? Yep. Oh, I'll I don't have to know. Find her name. I'll have to find her. I'll tell you in a second. 
I think I found out who it was, but I, I don't remember. Uh, oh, okay. We mentioned this, and we talked about this in the preview show. After what we saw, AK, tonight from Alistair Overeem, do you think we see him again? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Um, yeah, this was, like I said, we touched upon it uh, in some of the shows we've done earlier. And uh, yeah, while the narrative of this being sort of his last ride and sort of his, man, it's, it's title or bust for me, uh, I think is something he said to convince himself. So I sort of use his motivation. Um, I can't imagine him wanting to end his career on a loss like this. It was, uh, that it definitely matters. You know, he, it was, it was quite a visual. He gets clipped by an incredible, a really powerful elbow, drops him onto his knees. You know, he's so out of it. He's on his knees. He's not, even, not even flat on his back. Not even flat on his back. He's on his knees. Thankfully, Jason Herzog, very, very alert. Very alert. So, you know, so he, he, he's in there. He hears the shot. He sees the position over him. He's in. He's, we definitely don't need to see anymore. Uh, so it was stopped there. So uh, just based on even on just this one fight, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Overeem wants wants to go like that. And again, he's so, he turns forty one in May. Um, I know it's a bit old and he has a lot of mileage and in many years he's like 50, but again, in some other performance, he still looks really good. He, he looked off tonight. Look, he looked off tonight with all, all giving all the credit to Volkov. I, I cannot believe that this is like uh, the good, you know, the good overing that we saw tonight. He looked off. So, uh, I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote for no on this one. I don't think he retires. I just noticed that your the name, your name reads Alec Kaylee. Oh my gosh. Well, there you go. <laughs> Yet another... <laughs> On tonight of all nights, Casey. On tonight of all nights, another indignity. Alec Kaylee is a Corey Sanhagen fan. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Jose, I, I don't think Overeem's done either. But I mean, what do you kind of do with him at this point? I think do you Curtis like, Blades you beats Derek like, Lewis, and then he fights Derek Lewis. Yeah, I think Curtis Blaze beats Derek Lewis. I'm pretty confident in that pick. And then I think Overeem Lewis, they're both coming off losses. At the present time, it's their four five. I would imagine Overeem drops to six, and if Derek Lewis loses, he'll probably drop to five, which means Volkov will sit at four. So then they'll be five six rather than four five. So I think Derek Lewis versus Overeem, which could again would probably still headline a fight night. Yeah. And there's the other option, Casey. You could you could go that route, which would make a lot of sense, especially if Curtis Blades wins. Or you could go like a different route where you kind of give him the the um, Orlovsky sort of treatment where you put him up against these up-and-comers and, you know, and see what they do. When obviously a rub with a win over Overeem for a guy is, is massive, you know, give him guys like the Tanner Bozier's of the world, you know, maybe I, I don't even want to say think, Alexander Romanov because that's, that's just I, a terrifying fight for anybody in that division. Yeah, you can go, Casey. That was a question for you. Oh, sorry. We got to fix it. It's okay. Anyway, I'll answer. I I think the issue... For for Overeem, um, no, I actually... It really... it's, it comes down to money. Um, Overeem is very, he's a very expensive heavyweight. He doesn't fight for cheap. He's not, he's not a 50 and 50 That's fighter. That's I'm, I'm, is a prize fighter. So I actually, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think he's retiring, but I do think there's a strong possibility this is his last fight in the UFC because after this, save to give him the Arlovsky treatment, I don't know if Overeem wants to take that pay cut. And I don't know if Overeem's okay with just being known as the gatekeeper. It's like, well, you got to beat me if you want to fight the elite guys. You know, and I just don't think Overeem wants to do that in the UFC. I don't think UFC wants to pay him for that. And um, I think we're going to see Overeem fight in different promotions overseas. That's why I feel. But, um, yeah. Jose? 
I think the problem with the Arlovsky treatment, comparing it to Overeem, is Arlovsky's not ranked. Overeem is still technically top five, top six fighter. And everyone in that top 15, like, already lost to Nganu, lost to Blades, lost to Jairzinho, hasn't fought Lewis, just lost to Volkov, hasn't lost Gain, lost to Gain, and then hasn't fought Shamil, beat Olenek, beat Harris, beat JDS, hasn't fought Ivanov, beat Pavlovich. I don't think he's fought Tabura. And there's not a lot of prospects in there. And there's not a lot of uh, – there a lot of people are on the other side of 35. Uh, so I don't know if you can justify, like Casey said, giving him the Alaska treatment for that payday. Also, I think Overeem is a huge star in Europe and, in, and specifically Asia. Like he is a big – He's he's a big deal in America, obviously in the Western Hemisphere, but he's a very big deal uh, in Europe and Asia. UFC's not going to Europe or Asia during the pandemic, so I don't they don't know if they need him because I think they gave him that big payday because he could headline the Rotterdam, so he could fight on the Beijing cards, he could fight in all of these markets where he is still a draw, and they don't have that right now. So I hope he stays in the UFC because I still think the best heavyweights are in the UFC, and I would like to see him fight these. Like I want to see, I would love to see him fight Cyril Gunn. I would love to re- him for him to rematch Jairzinho when he when they both have full camps prepare prepare for each other. But if he does decide to go to one or Ryzen and he gets to fight in the ring again, just or he gets to fight kickboxing again, just inject it into my body. <laughs> or if he wants to go the glory route and we finally get a third fight against Badahari, which I've been waiting for for like 15 years. So be it. If they want him to fight Rico Verhoeven, so be it. Because that would be the biggest. Damn. It would be an awful day for Alistair. Yeah, it would be, it would be an day. awful day for Alistair. <laughs> but how many people would watch Rico Verhoeven fight Alistair Over? So many people would watch that fight. And if they're prize fighters, that's the biggest fight. He, one of the biggest fights he could have. So, yeah, I don't know what's extra over him, but I don't think they can justify giving the Orlovsky treatment sitting, on, sitting at like six or seven. Because like Tanner Bowes is not ranked, right? Right. No. Like Greg Hardy's no. not ranked. Murray's Green's not ranked. Like all these, like even uh, Romanov isn't ranked. So like, you want to give an unranked fighter the number six guy, and all of a sudden you lose, and number six guy's like, where do I go now? Nowhere. And then the unranked guy all of a sudden has an L. So it'd be rough. Olenek not like, that fights Overeem would say but no. Unranked guys. Right. Not that he would say no because Overeem will fight anyone. Like I think if he is going to fight an unranked guy, like. If they rematch Ben Rothwell, maybe because that was such a goofy fight the first time, and Rothwell's such a veteran, but I don't know. Is Overeem yes? Is Overeem versus John Jones now a better possibility? Maybe John Jones wants if he no. doesn't go straight to a title, like John Jones wants to kind of test his test his water at heavyweight. Coming off a loss, no. I think Jones doesn't want anymore. But uh, yeah. I just say is Jones. We, I don't know if Jones ever going to fight again. I don't. I, who knows? Still, I came until exactly. it's <laughs> yeah. still up in the air. Uh, but we will see Overeem in Ryzen. It's that, that has to happen. The host mentioned it. It has to happen. Oh, it has to happen. It's the intest- Come on. That's the list. I don't know if it'll happen this year. I don't know if it'll happen three or four years from now. It might happen when Overeem is 50. Honestly, we don't know if Ryzen, if Ryzen is still around and kicking ass around that time. If we they're doing a, if they're doing a light heavyweight tournament, they can just and Bader wants to vacate that Bellator heavyweight championship. Might need a new holder. Oh, there we and go. And that could do a lot of cross motions with Ryzen. And, and Coker and Overeem has, have done business before, so, yeah, who knows? It's true. Okay. Marius so. Pujanowski versus Alistair Overeem, KSW. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Shout-outs, by the way, to uh, 
to our, our, our pal, Mark Ramondi, for telling us that the young lady who stepped into the BKFC ring afterwards, the post for the post fight running was called a young lady named Jenny Savage. Uh, Jose, I sent Jenny you a, from a, a podcast featuring this, uh, this classy, classy woman who was uh, sure to headline against Britain Hart at a future uh, BKFC event. Also, also Casey, uh, we have a misspelling of a Phoenix under Jose's name. So, oh, oh, I would also like to say, <laughs> someone, just mess- Thank you, Mark. No. <laughs> someone just messaged me oh, on yeah, Instagram. Right. Uh, <laughs> someone by the Instagram at DMEY1. I believe sent me uh, Volkov's tattoo artist, and it is Max underscore Titanic. He's a ru- he's based in Moscow, and Man. I can't see Volkov's work on this, but it looks exactly like it. it's uber impressive. Yeah. I don't like tattoos so at all. But that, sh- that thing is is pretty. Yeah. Shout out to Max. I can't pronounce. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. It's super Russian. So shout out to Max <laughs> Titanic. Okay. Okay. I didn't want to well talk done. about this. What I don't want, want to talk about this. What do we got, Casey? We, we got to bring it up. We got to bring it up. We got a Manel Cape question. <clears throat> oh. How did you guys score Pantoja Cape? Okay. I think the point of contention was the 3027 scorecard because the 2928 yeah. seemed to make a lot of sense. There's a 3027, yeah. and people kind of question that one. Um, when I was asked that, I would say that 3027 was not the most egregious scorecard I've ever seen, but. I thought twenty nine twenty eight was pretty fair. The right guy won. Um, that's all that matters. Yeah. The right guy yeah. won. That's all. The right matters. guy won. Yeah. I would have yeah. given. It's not like if you lose yeah. a round, you lose a paycheck. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I assume we want to use this. As a, as Imagine a that. Imagine <laughs> a world where the more rounds you win, the more money you get. Don't give them any ideas. That's great. Oh. Don't give them any ideas. That's People would just grind out cutting measures all day. If you lose open split, scoring like and money rounds, if you lose a split, half your win money, boom, gone. It's like half. Oh. You, you only won two thirds of the fight. How can we give you your full pay? Um, oh, but uh, can, you, can you imagine I'm, Chell Sonnen versus Anderson Silva, and Chell's like, "Hey, uh, I'm up. I, I, I should get four fifths of the the, bo- yeah, yeah, the bell. Right? You know, I should get eighty percent, four and a half, of four, my, yeah. four and a half rounds worth of oh, pay." Gosh. All right, let's talk uh, about this fight. Well, oh, well, you know, you don't want to talk about, Kate, uh, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about his performance, right, Casey? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. We were all very high on on Cape coming. Out. I think we, a lot of us picked Pantoja to win. I thought it would be though, Pantoja catches him with submission. Yeah, I thought it was Pantoja yeah, so either that. takes him down or or jumps the ghillie at some point, catches him with this. You know, Pantoja is so such a deadly finisher. Uh, I wouldn't have thought it would have been a three round striking battle that Pantoja would have won. But he had the right game plan. He was very—he's always aggressive, but he didn't—he didn't change that against a guy with with really really big knockout power at uh, at 125 pounds. Went right at him. Was much more active. Uh, the commentary I think was on point today. Cormier mentioned over and over again. They just weren't seeing a lot from Cape. It was great movement. We, you saw a lot of the glimpses of why we're so high on him. For anyone who has not seen him fight in Ryzen before, uh, a lot of charisma. Um, uh, you know, and, and and he had his moments. He was landing. He was landing. I it just, landed, it just yeah. it wasn't landing as consistently, right? And and that's going to cost you in a, in a UFC fight, unfortunately. So that big uh, knockout never came, and, and he kind of paid for it. So I don't know. I, I I mentioned this. I think he was too calm. You know, he was asked earlier in the week, like, "Oh, are you worried at all about UFC TV?" And he's like. No, I fought at I fought at Saitama Super Arena. I yeah. fought in front of forty thousand people. I'm not nervous at all, and I'm like, he did look really calm, but I think that that was like I think he looked like he also lacked urgency, and I think that was maybe the issue here. Well, let's also remember that Pantoja has been preparing for Manila Cape for like a long ass time, probably like mm. nine or ten months. You know mm. what I mean? And what stuck out to me in that fight was Manel Cape is so good at setting traps especially on the feet so good at it he's so good at throwing feints and making you fall for him like he's so convincing 
And that's what gets people in trouble. Pantoja didn't fall for anything. And that's why Cape was kind of thrown off because normally when he fights these guys, even like the Kayas Kura fight, like he sets these traps and guys fall right into it. And then he lands those ferocious combinations and strikes. He's such a powerful striker. He lands it and puts these guys away. But Pantoja was like, I ain't falling for any of this shit. And that's what happened. He just, Pantoja just looked good. He was able to just use the volume and, and get it done. I actually, I thought the fight was closer than a lot of people thought yeah. it was. Cause I thought, I thought Pant- like Pantoja was landing. No doubt about it. He was landing. But he was missing a lot too, but getting credit for some strikes in the commentary. And I thought Cape was landing like, especially like the second half of the fight, I thought Cape was landing the, the definitely the more effective shots. So that's why I thought it was closer. I still scored it for Pantoja, but Panto- kudos to him for his patience and, you know, sticking in there. Because Pantoja likes to get into these wars. Like, he was a patient guy. He was picked his shots. He was throwing a lot of volume, but he wasn't getting into firefights. And that's what gets Pantoja into trouble. He didn't do that here. It was a definitely a different sort of approach, even though he stayed on the feet. So I was I was super impressed with his approach to the fight, especially against a guy like Manel Cape. What did you think, Casey? I know you're so high on Manel, and you know I, was, I think we all are. I was high on, okay. First of all, I'm, I'm super high on Pantoja too. I'm just oh, of course. I'm just yeah. Everyone's like thinking, oh, you you think Pantoja just sucks? Like no, I just think Manel Cape is that good. But I don't think Manel Cape is like like Habib or something like, and, <laughs> you know, he's just gonna, you know what I mean? Like, I just think he's an elite 125er. I, I don't know if, I don't know if Cape can beat Figueredo. I don't know if Cape can beat Moreno. I just know, but I do know that he belongs in that conversation. That is all. Unfortunately for this fight, I think, I think you guys, I think, actually, I think the commentary just nailed it. I, I did think Cape was actually, I think he's the better fighter, but he lost the fight. That's all that happened. And like, like right now, Manel Cape is in his hotel room with an L and he has like, probably like no bruises on his body he's like was i even in a fight i fought 15 minutes in the ufc and like i'm fine you know and i just think yeah it just unfortunately he was too relaxed um and um and like you said pentosia they thought i think when the matchmakers put this fight down they're like oh pentosia comes and bangs capes can come and bang it's gonna be a super exciting fight and unfortunately for maybe the fit some of the fans and for manel cape fans um pantoja fought strategically and boring and that's how he won the fight um and i think this is just a learning lesson for cape and um i don't really take too much yeah i don't really take too much out of this because i knew both these guys were super good and i just thought this would be more of a big a, a big kind of coming out party for cape which it wasn't but so was eddie when eddie Alvarez first came to ufc he lost his first fight too so um, a lot i mean i Sucks for Cape. Congratulations, Pantoja. So did Gamrot, and I I was super high on Gamrot. Yeah, you know, so. That's true. That's all. Um, It it wasn't the fight I was hoping to see. And none of them were bad fights. Yeah, it wasn't a bad fight. I was was just expecting so much. Gamrot, Eddie, and Cap all lost. Yeah. I also, like, also Cap has lost, or Cape, however you pronounce his last name, like, all of his, most of his losses have been decisions, right? And he's Mm -hmm. never won a decision. As soon as, yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Where would you, okay, so where would you put, so, Manel was obviously unranked coming in. Where would you rank him now? As he's clearly top fifteen. Where where was Pantoja? I pulled ranked? up the where's Pantoja ranked? Four, like four or five. I think four or five. five. I think you put Cape. At I would six, put him. Seven, I would put him. Eight, whatever. I would put him nine, right under Matt Schnell. Matt Schnell's coming off a really impressive win over Tyson Nam, and then everyone above him has had really high level fights like recently. Oh, I would yeah. put him nine. Wherever Pantoja so is, I'm oh, sorry, go on. Brandon Royval is number six. Kai yeah. France is number seven. Uh, and then yeah. Rogerio Bontarin and Matt Schnell are tied for eight. 
So I'd, I'd probably put Cap right at nine. The zero and one the UFC and he's uh, right but the other ones are like three and one like the Higirio's three and one in the UFC yeah but you, Kate fought tougher fights outside the UFC than these guys have fought in the UFC so oh yeah I definitely put Kate I definitely put Kate no, I, I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying you're wrong I'm just saying I mean he's 0-1 in the UFC and that's gonna matter to and these are the UFC rankings not MMA rankings I do not re- I do not respect or even uh what's the word i ufc rankings mean nothing to me <laughs> they mean That's nothing fine. to me the question right. was yeah. about the ufc rankings it's like and, asking and you what it, your favorite it's like asking what your favorite jelly bean is and you're like i like starburst <laughs> shut up i'm like okay i asked about jelly well, beans. well, well I, I mean i have to go back in time a bit but <laughs> when um when eddie alvarez lost to cerrone was he still unranked after that they have rankings then. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what. Oh yeah, they true. did. I, I mean, I think I just I just think it's I just think it's the the whole idea that for some reason you you are your past doesn't matter when you come into the UFC. I, I don't know. I think the rank, well, rankings are stupid anyway. Uh, until we get our own MMA fighting rankings, which I need to talk to Alex Kaylee about off air. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get on that. We'll get on that. Well, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned uh, at the Alex K. You say Alex Kaylee and rankings in the same sentence because as Mike knows, I keep my own super secret rankings. Uh, so Jose, when you said nine, you're not counting. You're like doing like the UFC. Right? You don't count. You don't count the uh, champion, right? The champion's not on the I list. I was He's talking about. Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, talking yeah, about you the number that goes next right. to name. I because like you are Yoji Horiguchi yeah. would probably like yeah. Demetrius Johnson's still the number one flyweight in the world yeah. to me. I'm just talking yeah. about if the you, name yeah, that's yeah, on the UFC broadcast. Yeah, and you and again, and you don't you put you put like champions not on the list, right? You're talking about like uh, the number one contenders one, and then yeah, from yeah, there. yeah. So okay. Moreno would be one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if you're going by that, you are spot on, sir, by my list. Because yes, I have the names I have in the top eight would be Benavidez, Moreno, Alex Perez, Askarov, Pantoja, Royval, Kaikar, France, and oh, I guess he, yeah, yes, and then Schnell, and then yes, he'd be behind Schnell. So we rarely agree on things, Jose, but that's like really exactly, I think, where I would put uh, Cape right now. Wherever Not bad. Pan- wherever Not Pantoja bad. is, Cape is one spot behind him. Oh, he's no friend in Royal Stop. Stop what? that. You heard me. Oh, oh mute. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, that's just me being mean. This is, a, oh, this, no. is a, this is a Trumpian estate where whoever disagrees with the mute man gets muted. Oh, man. I forgot all right, about all right. his power. power yeah. um, what do we think is next for Pantoja, though? Is he... What, Perez. Perez? Yeah. The, yeah, the winner of Askarov and Benavidez, maybe? I don't know. Or the loser. Yeah, it's fine. Man, either either of those work. I think I honestly think I I brought this up to Matt Snell when after his win or and before it, like if that draw between Moreno Figueredo is actually beneficial because now the rest of the division can kind of figure out who's next. Because after Moreno, if Cape hadn't won if Cape, Cape was probably number next in line if he had won, but like there was no one at the time who was a clear cut number one after Moreno. So I think this is uh I think this is it's beneficial that it was a draw. Cave versus uh, Sue like Majeri or Kai Kai. I like that. I think Majeri's, but Sue's moving up to 35, right? Yeah. I like the Kai Kai France. I like yeah. that, actually. He has a fight. Yeah. Oh, he does? Kai has a fight. Yeah, oh, Kai's yeah. fighting. Well, what fight about Tim Elliott? I don't think Tim Elliott has a fight. But I, I, honestly, listen, I would love the idea yeah, of giving. That's true. I, I, want, I want Cave to get a show off. And I would love uh, well, Tim Elliott with Matt Snell. 
Matt Snell. If he's number nine, then Matt's number eight. And they're both coming like I like that. I like that. That's a good fight. The problem is Matt Snell's coming off a big win. So if they maybe Tyson Tyson Nam is a fun fight too. Kate versus Nam is also a scrap. But I want but no, but I want someone who would just whoop. You know what I mean? And it's tough. That's tough because flyweight is pretty thin. So all the flyweights they have are like most of them are actually really good. So there is no quote unquote like jobber uh, at one twenty five, unfortunately. But I kind of what if he goes out there and just destroys Tim Elliott? Maybe, but at the same time, Tim Demetrius Johnson couldn't do it in five rounds. I just did it in two minutes or something like that. Tim Elliott could also just take Tim Elliott could take take his ass down and just ride him for like fifteen minutes. Like that really could happen. Tim Elliott's also never in a boring fight. This is true, but I don't care about boring or exciting. I just want to see Cape style on someone. I want to see him just smash someone so that people can understand why there is that excitement. And again, I know it sounds like, how good is this guy if I, if I need to cherry pick opponents for him? But I'm saying, look, some of our greatest fighters uh, built their reputation on, on competition that most people don't even remember now. So there's no shame in a little like showcase uh, booking. Again, I don't know if they can do that for Cape without bringing someone new in because most of the 125ers are really good from 1 to like 25. But uh, yeah, I want. I, I, I'm. 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 I'm a shake. I'm. A, I'm a sneaky businessman. I want to see some. I just want to see a can just thrown at him. Didn't they just bring? Who did they? Who did they just bring back? Bring from back. Well, we Mateus Nicolau. Uh, did they just bring back Nicolau? Oh, that's a that's, yes. They is, yes, they he is resigned. Who's he fighting? He was supposed to be fighting Ulan Bekov. I like that fight too. But, well, but, but then it got canceled because Ulan Bekov, uh, there's a reason it got canceled, but I, I don't remember. Had, there's an opponent change up there. And then you got guys like Jimmy Flick on the come up. I mean, there's lots of lots of good stuff. Someone suggested, Al Max suggested Minnow K versus Brandon Royval. I like that fight. That'd be a blast. Those two, would, I mean, that would just be a war. But uh, Kate probably wants to stay as active as possible since he missed a lot of time. So, uh, and Royval just had shoulder surgery or he's about to have shoulder surgery and he's not going to be. Uh, like that i'm hearing like september october uh would be the earliest he could come back and fight and i will say he's like a super healer especially the first round cape did look uncomfortable <laughs> in a octagon he just didn't look like he knew where the the sides were because he's fought in a ring his entire career so fighting in an octagon it i will I won't, i'm not gonna say octagon <laughs> jitters because clearly it didn't have jitters but he's clearly like where the hell am I? This is weird. It was a little one. It was a little one too. It's a the small octagon. Yeah. So he, he must have been cla- like feeling claustrophobic compared to a yeah. ring in an in a, in a Saitama arena. Yeah, he must have been so so strange. Like his, his last six or seven fights have been in front of yeah in Saitama arena in front of no 40, fans. People. Yeah. No, man, yeah, so so strange. I'm not I'm not not too worried. It was like fighting um, a thimble for yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, can Carol can Carol Hosa be a threat in the women's bantamweight division going three and in the UFC? So I don't like to pat myself on the back too much on these shows, but uh, I think I nailed that fight on the Q and A about as, as as eloquently as I possibly could. I mean, the fight went exactly the way I said it was going to go. Edwards is going to unless if she just fights her fight and takes her down, she'll win. And Edwards made her pay for it. That was a nasty gash. Uh, and Edwards has a bright future, no doubt about that. But man, she has to address this defensive wrestling and getting off her back stuff like very quickly. She did have a great transition in the first round, <laughs> yeah, uh, which led to the damage and it kind of threw Hose off. But then, you know, whatever was said to her in the corner obviously worked. They were just like, cut the crap, Carol do what you do, take her down and beat her up. And that's what she did. So Edwards is a bright prospect. She's no doubt about it. But the question is about Carol Jose and can she be a threat in the women's bandwagon division? Uh, what do you think, Jose? Do, do you look at her and say that, you know, this is a woman that could be 
you know, top 10, maybe top five, you know, in the next year, 18 months. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Nico Montano is, what, 15-14? She's 0-1 in the division, right? So, yeah, Carol Jose right. 100% could be a Bantamweight, ranked Bantamweight fighter. So, uh, is uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Sarah McMahon is probably still in the top 10, and she's coming off a submission loss. Uh, Macy Chazen's still up there. Panic Kansas way up there. Like, yeah, 100%. She could be ranked. Whether she, that's she fights for the title in 2021, I don't think so. Uh, but top 15, I think she gets one more win. It's a no-brainer. She could be 15 now with being 3-0. and You're like, who's 14? If if my memory's, memory is correct, Nico was number 15, which means like yep. Sajar or uh, Julia Vila is probably 13, 14 or somewhere in that rank. So, yep, yeah, exactly. Probably. Like, she's supposed to fight Julia Vila, what, like 100 times? <laughs> Something <laughs> oh, like that, right? that, that. This is the lady. Okay. Yeah. Not, yeah. Okay. I was like, what? So I think, Ju- I think if we're talking about her next fight, she should take, I know, uh, I know, uh, how do, how do you pronounce who, Julia's match? Julia Vila's matched up with Saranko, right? What? How do you pronounce Saranko? Yeah, Julia. So there you go. Yeah, so Julia and Julia, winner fights. <laughs> Carol Hosa. Carol Hosa. There you go. Carol Hosa. Carol Hosa on a on a on a pole match. The winner gets there Carol. I like it. <laughs> I like uh, speaking it. of pro wrestling, uh, if only Edwards had been able to get that Boston Crab in when she escaped the uh, yes. mounts. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Either Boston Crab, maybe, maybe a Texas. At least maybe even a single leg, single leg crab, something. But she clearly, I think she was a little bit indecisiveness there. She wasn't ready to go for that back submission, that spinal lock, and uh, unfortunately, that might have cost her the fight. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Hosa is easily in my top fifteen. Uh, so I had her at seventeen. Well, I guess we're counting, not counting the champion, sixteen in my rankings. So now she jumps over on my list: Avila, Sajar Eubanks, Panakianza, uh, Macy Jasson, and I think I would also put her above. Lena Landsberg. So I think she's like my tw- my 11th rank. She's just outside the top 10 for me. 3 and 0. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm overranking her. But uh that's just at a glance. I think she she's going up that list pretty fast. Wow, I need to get an AK's ranking. She jump up 6 spots against against a short notice <laughs> she, opponent. She, she probably shouldn't have been that low. Well, I mean, maybe I had her too low when you think about it. I mean, should, should she have already been ranked above Julia Avila? Should she have already been ranked above uh Penny Kianzad? maybe, right? Like maybe she jumped up uh, maybe my rankings are aren't you know she might have been too low so she might have really only jumped up realistically three or four spots yeah i like jose's idea i think that makes sense i don't see her as a fighting for the title um actually within the next four or five years but she's a quality bantamweight she's ufc level for sure and um i wish she was a little more active on her feet um i when she was throwing those really strong leg kicks i liked it but just not enough volume honestly but um, yeah, she looked good, and um, yeah, short nose opponents, and um, yeah, it was a good fight. Do, do, do. It was fine. Let's talk about the good fight win. of the night. Uh, Benil Dariush won his sixth fight in a row, despite <laughs> giving CDF twenty nine twenty eight. Where does Benil go in the lightweight division? He's ranked thirteen. This is like the dark horse lightweight championship fight between these two guys. And boy, did these two gentlemen deliver. What a fun fight that was. Darius looked great. The takedowns were good. Uh, CDF turned it on in the third round. It was just, it was just a fun scrap, man. This is, this is like a Jose Young's kind of a fight. Just high-level martial arts just going down for our eyeballs to see. And, and behold, it was a great fight. Uh, what would you do next with, with, with Darius Jose? And what did you make of his win over... A really good fighter in in Carlos Diego Ferreira. 
the hand. It was a t- it was just a tough fight. It was two guys that would have to dig deep and like pull out these tricks that they had in there. Because like when you're that high level and you're basically fighting to stay relevant, you're gonna do whatever it takes outside of cheating. So they ha- they pulled out every possible trick they could, and I just thought it was like like you said, a high level martial arts scrap. So what's next for him? I don't like it. Should be RDA probably, but they're friends, so they're not. They're probably not gonna fight unless it's for the title. Mm-hmm. So I'd say Hooker, Felder, or Ferguson. I doubt it's Ferguson. So Hooker or Felder, probably somewhere right there. Ayakinta, one of those three. Uh, he he deserves a top ten guy. Hooker and Felder are very popular, especially uh, Hooker's been in the headlines a lot. But Hooker's still stuck in Dubai right now. Felder said he's not retiring. So probably one of those three. Ferguson would be fun, but it's probably not going to happen. I will I will say that I already know where I'm going with this and I will reveal on on to the next one and I have a feeling I'm going to get a little heat for this pick uh but we'll leave it at that. What did you think uh what, what do you think Casey? I mean Benil Dariush great performance and by the way can I just say what a wonderful human being that guy is. Yes. Gets on the microphone, <laughs> asks the question, what does so he good. do? He puts over his opponent first, said, by the way, Diego Fajeda should have been fighting a top five guy. I probably should have been fighting a top five guy too, but he should be fighting a top five guy. And then he takes the other time to put put over his friend or teammate, which I, I, don't, I don't remember the name, but from what I saw on Twitter, Michael friend Perez, or teammate. Michael Perez. Michael Perez. Michael Perez. Do we look him up on Topology or anything? Yes. Yeah. You He's know a former LFA flyweight champion and a Cuban Olympian wrestler. Yeah. All right. So He's legit. All He's right, been in misfits. Good, good yeah. Okay. So Casey, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, I loved what he said about you know when you, when you put over um, Diego uh, Ferrer because as, because this on our pre-fight show I can't we kind of talked about who has the biggest who can who can have the potential highest stock rise and who can have the, the biggest you no know, fall and I thought the loser of this fight and I still feel that way because. Carlos Diego Ferrer is just, you know, you know, one degree behind, you know, uh, Darius in this fight. It was an awesome fight. But I, I, I just like these are two guys the UFC clearly don't want in high le- in featured fights, and especially fights that, you know, involve pay-per-views. I mean, they were like the what first the first fight on the, the first fight on the main card. There were four fights, five fights from the top. I mean, we had Clay Guida and Michael Johnson, two unranked lightweights two fights above them. I just think that was ridiculous when these guys are just so talented. They deserve to be higher on the card. And, um, yeah, it just, but not there. He's just freaking awesome. But who should he fight next? <laughs> I feel, I feel like he's going to fight someone behind him. It kind of sucks. That's just like, cause Darius, cause Darius just doesn't generate those clicks. Doesn't, you know, He's not. He just doesn't do what. He doesn't move the needle enough for the UFC for a guy like say that he should fight like a Tony Ferguson or something like that. Or uh, I mean, I think uh, Hooker. Tony Hooker makes the most sense. A, Hooker makes the yeah. most sense. So I just don't see it. Yeah, happening. Hooker's on a two fight losing streak. I don't think he can. He can afford to say no at this point. Yeah. So and Hooker and Felder already fought, and they're right there on the rankings. Yeah. I mean, if, if we're talking just rankings and what's what should be done, yeah, like Darius versus Conor McGregor, that actually makes sense. But of course, that's never going to happen because this is that's not how the world works. But um, yeah, Darius is going to fight some guy behind him, um, like like Al Iquinta, or he'll he'll have to fight the winner of uh, Makachev, Drew Dober, maybe uh, something like that. 
Casey, it's funny you mentioned the um, placement of the card. Like they were they were the lower lower placed lightweight fight, and they didn't even get like they were originally supposed to be the the main card opener, which I also think is a good spot. Like they didn't even get the that sweet uh, kind of curtain jerker spot, which mm-hmm. can be a really good thing because it's when everyone tu- it's when everyone tunes into the bro- main card broadcast. I think it's when you have probably some of the most casual interest outside of the main event, and they lost that. Because the UFC is so insistent on having a six-fight main card that when uh, Askar Askar and uh, Cody Stamen was removed, they bumped up Rodriguez and Marquez, uh, and then they made that the opener, which is kind of confusing. They, they could I would have rather they put that second and put uh, Dariush and Fajeda first. So they even missed out on that opportunity. Like, we weren't even that priority. But at least they gave them that bonus. They did for anyone just tuning in. They did get a fight of the night bonus, so that's good for uh, Fajeda and uh, and uh, Dariush. But, uh, yeah, very strange situation. Uh, and, I, I sorry, I had to read out one comment that I saw pass by from Noah Ewing, who says, you each, all of us, look like the person I would expect to run into in your towns. So, so Casey, you look like someone from Inglewood. You're yeah. telling me Casey Lyon looks look- like someone from Inglewood? <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> according to Noah Ewing. Uh, Jose, you look like someone from Phoenix. Mike Heck, of course, classic uh, New Englander. And, uh, yes, I definitely look like someone from Markham. Uh, Markham or the, or the greater Toronto area. So, Toronto. Uh, Toronto. Well, I'm in, in the greater Toronto area, so the GTA. So, Noah Ewing, very accurate. Possibly a little stereotypical as well, but very accurate. How would you like like if you look at AK's from Toronto, obviously a major yes. city, okay? Yes. Jose in Phoenix, major city, lots of sports teams. Inglewood mm-hmm. up to no good. Like people everyone no one knows where Lennox, Massachusetts is. No one has any idea. Th- How would you even know? I think he meant more. I, 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 think, I think he's lumping all about New Englanders together, as I have as well. So that's why I agree with it, because I, you're right. Not I don't know same. what someone from Lennox looks like. Well, I don't know. I just assume we're all the same from Massachusetts. So thank you, Noah Ewing. Very insightful YouTube comment. I yes. think it wasn't until like way into middle school where I learned what when the New England Patriots, I was like, I was like, where is New England? I have no idea where New England. I've looked at the map. I do not see New England. So you someone know, finally you explained were the, to me. It's like, no, it's just. It's, you, you did the, you did the, uh, there's a New England? There's a New England? You'd be sure surprised. When I, when I moved to Arizona, everyone thought Rhode Island was part of New York. They, keep, they, they would confuse it with Long Island. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Staten Island. You know oh, Staten I, Island, right? Yeah, Rhode ooh, Island, Staten ooh. Island. Don't yeah. you dare use Staten Island and Rhode Island in the same sentence unless you're saying Rhode Island is far superior to Staten Island. There's a reason the Staten Island Ferry is free to get to. <laughs> what are Brad Riddell and Gillespie? Are they fighting? Are they fighting? No, I don't think I so. I don't think so. Gregor Gillespie is not booked. Yeah. Is Brad Riddell booked? Brad Riddell. That'd be a great scrap. I hope they book that fight. I would be I'm really high. I'm really high on Brad Riddell. Like I think he's yeah. he is legit. And he's a super well spoken individual. Uh he's from that he's obviously from the city kickboxing camp and I I am super high on Brad Riddell. But yeah. If you if Jeremy Jeremiah K is like, yeah, they should fight, and then the winners, yeah, sure. I'm fine with all of that. But yeah, Benil I don't there, mind, you should not fight. I don't Kevin mind Benil versus and I don't mind Benil Kevin versus Lee's Kevin Lee. I think if you're gonna fight anybody behind you, that's probably like the one guy you'd want to fight, right? He's probably is, like yeah. the biggest n- name in that. Like at that Kevin point, Kevin Lee's Kevin Lee sits in front of him right now, so Iaquinta would be above him, which who beat Kevin Lee, so maybe that one. But Phil has been calling for Iaquinta for a long time too. Benil has to go up. Stuff. Uh, I agree. Gillespie Riddell is apparently my uh, guys. This is a very uh, strong source. Uh, I found this on a SureDog forum post. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Uh, which is quoting an Instagram post 
which itself is quoting an Instagram, <laughs> it's supposedly <laughs> quoting Gillespie's Instagram Live that they are in the works for February 13th. So, I mean, essentially booked, essentially booked. Uh, okay. So we apologize, yeah, for not being aware that if that would be uh, true. February 13th? <laughs> Eric Strong source. February, yeah, you know, UFC 258 on, yeah, next week, right? <laughs> Biggest true. Jesus. Yeah, you know, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe. Hey, by the way, we're adding this other fight. <laughs> maybe that source isn't uh, isn't as strong as it looks. You know, the fire that's stuck right. in New Zealand right now is going to fight in like a week. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, is this fun. it for Michael Johnson? Bellator Oof. next, BKFC? I like how BKFC how about- has just become the third option. Yeah, so prestigious. They got money, man. They got money. Uh, Go to WCW. I'll, I'll, I don't know. Why, I'll, I'll why, hop on this. I'll hop why on this. would Bellator be interested in Michael Johnson? I kind of like, why did to make like, fighters look, look to have to get fighters big wins over he's people a, that he, some of that people know? Yeah, he's experienced. He's talented. Look, uh, so Jed and I, Jed Mashu and I, this guy beat messages. Dustin Poirier, and now he's fighting Patricky Pitbull <laughs> <laughs> and Tony and Tony Ferguson. Uh, we uh, MMA math. I was talking to Jed, and I was like. And, and, sorry, and in my predictions, I said, look, we all know the Michael Johnson story. Okay, oh, yeah, he's a great fighter. And then he always finds a way to, like, miss and, you know, do something, make some mistake in the final round. And I'm like, and I said, that will not happen against Clay Guida. I said, Clay Guida does not have the finishing power to make that happen. Michael Johnson will be fine. <clears throat> sure enough, in the third round, <laughs> and, I'm, and by the way, this is some, some serious backseat uh, couch potato, ju- potato jujitsu here. Uh, he was a little sloppy getting up uh, near the end of the fight. And gives up his back to Clay Guida, and that was that pretty much sealed the deal. There was there was no recovering from that, um, and he goes on to lose the decision. And uh, no, dude, he might, Michael have lost, Johnson, he might have lost anyway. Michael Johnson v. Artem two knuckle mania two. Yes. Oh, oh, there we go. I mean, that's see, and that's why that's why BKFC is the is the third, arguably second best option for a lot of these guys leaving the uh, winner fights Jason Knight. <laughs> Jason but, Knight. Jason Knight is returning to MMA. Man, fighting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Friday? Yeah, he's fighting Friday night for uh, UFC Fight Pass for Icon Fighting Federation. Jason Knight is oh, on yeah, that card. I think he's the main event. I think the UFC got rid of him. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Michael Johnson Michael Johnson felt a 19, 19 and 17 in his career, 11 and 13 in the UFC, 9 and 11 at lightweight, uh, 0 and 3, I think, since he returned to lightweight, has not won at lightweight uh, in... Uh, over almost over four years uh, since knocking out Dustin Poirier, September 2016. So, boy, I don't. I re, you know, it's a good question. I honestly don't know what to do. I still think he's talented. I still think he can be, he can be in there with like almost anyone in the UFC. But if he's not winning, he's not winning. So uh, yeah, some decisions definitely have to be made. I, I don't. I'll leave it to you guys. I don't know if I have a call on this one yet. Yeah, four losses in a row. What's that? Like nine of his last twelve, he's lost. I mean, yeah. And this this loss felt it's a little tough. different. This this, felt, this loss felt different because I felt like he he was losing the striking too at the beginning. He was from Clay Guida. He was getting hit a lot. Yeah, he was getting hit a lot. I think yeah. he just got caught off. Like Clay Guida just came out guns blazing. Like, yeah, I think he caught everyone off guard. Well, Clay Guida. Well, Clay, how do you not? He did, he did the guys to go for the leg, come up the overhand. You know, he, that's how, <laughs> yeah, how yeah. that's how he's and he got hit with that. I mean, it's kind of a classic move, but. Um, yeah, but usually, you know, Michael Johnson's this kind of thing is like, oh, he looks really good, re- look really good till he doesn't. And I felt this fight, he just actually didn't look good. Thing, I don't know, nothing really kind of stuck out. I mean, if it wasn't Michael yeah. Johnson in there, it was just some guy. I don't think we we would definitely we don't, we won't even talk about his performance at all. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, 
Yeah, the, yeah, the the um the vets had a bad night. I mean, he had Clay Clay and one of them had to have a decent night, I guess, to fighting each other. But for the most part, the UFC vets and then too didn't yeah. fare too well. Old How part, about Clay Guida getting on the microphone and he says, "Give me an up and comer, give me a prospect." <laughs> yeah, the reverse, the reverse Dariush, the reverse Dariush. Yeah. I don't want to be in the top five. It's someone in the top five. <laughs> and now he's gonna have to fight like. Sarukian or I was somebody. Thinking like, that. Yeah. He's gonna yeah. fight. He's gonna fight. Did he call him out? He's gonna fight Rafael Fazeev. Sure. I already called oh. him on Twitter. Oh man. You know, but, but that's a fight that Fazeev needs because you you need that grindy guy like Clay Guida just always going for your ankles, always just pushing you into right. the cage. I said and it's a good fight. I, I, I said Guida should fight Fazeev. I will also accept Armin Sarukian or the winner of Don Maj and Guram. Any of those guys, I'm down for, because those guys all bring it. And then if whoever doesn't fight Clay Guida, the others fight each other. Armin Sarukian versus I, because I think I'm super high on Guram because I was so high on Gamera and Guram was so impressive that I think he beats Don Maj and then Armand versus Guram is an awesome scrap. Give him Gam. Does Gamera have a fight booked right now? Not that I'm aware of. Gamera would be a good scrap too, but he's coming off an L, so I didn't want to give Clay Guida. Like he's coming off a win, snapping his win streak. Don't want to throw him in some against a super talented prospect that's not doesn't have a win in the UFC. But what happened? I, mean, to I want to say no to the fight. Uh, I have no we'll, idea. Not medically sure clear. That's just the yeah, not many. Yeah, we'll look into it. But I mean, look, he took the, this. He also took a. He was. Uh, he wasn't the one. Who, he took. He was also less than a week's notice. I think. Right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> public was because at least to the public, we I knew I knew on Sunday that Askar was in. I yeah, couldn't I, say yeah. anything, but yeah. Ask, I knew he on replaced, Sunday Askar was in. Yeah, he replaced Andre Ewell, who had a positive COVID nineteen test. So that we do know that was that that came out. Uh, Askar, Dude. but anytime you take a, take a fight on this short notice. There's like a lot of things. Look, I don't think it's anything serious. I just think it's uh, there's there's stuff you have to pass in medicals, uh, and after a weight cut, he probably there's just maybe certain benchmarks he didn't hit. I I, I would be I would be surprised if it was something serious. I don't mean to downplay uh, whatever whatever the reason was. If it does turn out to be um, something worse than I'm that I'm suggesting here, but I think again, you take a fight on short notice, you cut a lot of weight. Uh, sometimes when it comes time again, yeah, to do that that last medical check, they're just like, Ugh, you know, you're just not quite ready to do it. So uh, I'm hoping and I'm thinking and I'm hoping it's some it's something fairly innocuous. And now we have Cody Stamen looking for an opponent. And I saw somebody suggest this on, on Twitter. I think Hyoni Barcelos needs a new opponent on February Ooh, 27th. I love that fight. I love Throw that Stamen fight. in that fight. That's that's an awesome fight. I'm game. Yeah, I'm game for that. Let's do it. I was really – I was so <laughs> looking forward to Andre Yule because he promised me he was going to walk out to My Name is Willie from any given Sunday. <laughs> and I was so hyped for really it. Really <laughs> Tristan Gordet, what about Guida versus Jordan Levin? I don't like that fight. I'm not, not a yet. fan. I don't like a yeah slow roll, Jordan. Guido would. Guido would love it. I've got, Guido that's would love it. That's well, exactly what he wants right now. Both of these individuals fight. will fight anyone. Yeah, not yet. Give Levitt, I, I like I like the the idea of just slow rolling Levitt. Like give him some wins. I mean, he's still way, super guys, young and green. I don't know if you know, Clay Guido's thirty nine. Different weight classes between Guida and Elkins, he's right? 30, he's he's yeah, 39. Guida's gone down to 45. They, they can meet. Yeah, but they also Elkins can no, come up. But they no, they both train an alpha male. They're not going to fight each other. Okay. It'd be fun though. They fight every day. 
Yeah. Guy's 39 years old. Did you see how he was moving in there before and after, during and after That's the former it's a, it's a, strike force champion, Clay Guida. Oh my gosh. The sa- it's the same as it was when, when we saw, when we saw him 10, he has the same demeanor, the same routine. It's just amazing to watch. I don't know. Leader. And what a, yeah. And Clay Guida releasing a tremendous belch in the middle of that fight too. A la as Joanne you, Calderwood. As you do. Uh, Alex okay, Kaylee versus Ariel Hawani. <laughs> Winner becomes the new Ariel leader. Ariel Hawani. Isn't he from New York? Isn't he from New York? <laughs> There's a rumor he's from Mon- Montreal. Montreal. Oh, that's not part. That's not. That's not part of Canada either. So yeah, I'm, yeah, so I'm kidding. Oh wow! I wow. love my. Oh my goodness! Actually, there's that, a rumor he's from Buffalo now. Oh gosh, that's even worse. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, I, look, hey, uh, Music Five Nine Eight, you put out the money. I get. Uh, I guarantee me and Ariel will be totally down for it. Uh, uh, Friends fr- for sure. Uh, a bare knuckle, I prefer. I think I prefer a bare knuckle over MMA. But uh, yeah, Music Five Nine Eight, just don't play basketball against him. Is he that? Is he really good? He's very. He good says basketball. he's really good. I've, no I, way. I'm not I, sorry. I believe it, but I believe him better than him. I, pl- I play. I played some basketball for him about five or six years ago. He's I, he's serious about he's, it. He's, you know, he's one. Of, he's a, 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 when Ariel starts moving and like starts dribbling, like then is kind of his motions make sense. But like if you ever see Ariel just kind of go for a jog, you know, he's just like you just you know it's Ariel, you know. But like with the ball in his hand, then like you, you get it, you know, you get it. <laughs> He's yeah. good at I, basketball I, for a thirty-something-year-old journalist. Sure, I'd say the same you know. for myself. Uh, also, I'm terrible at one-on-one, so I would need my squad. I need. I would need to bring Jose. I would need to like let, let me run point. Let he can run point for his team, and I'll run point for my team, and I'll. I think I can beat him. Dude, I love. I, 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 I love setting up picks and crashing the boards. That's all. I don't. I don't need to shoot. I just want. Oh, to perfect, play. perfect. Oh, that's exactly what we need. I'm that that's guy. Exactly I'm that guy. And yeah. and I and I I don't want I want to guard their toughest guy, whoever their best guy is. I want it on him. That's all I want. I just want you it. are signed four year deal he's player option. You are signed, my friend. He's the Dennis. That the is Dennis Rodman of the team. I love yeah. it. Jose, you're a scorer, probably right. You probably a scorer. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I need that. I need that too because I'm not a fine. But I'm, we I'm need, a, I'm a, if you really want to win, you have to yeah. get Fair Hanoon on your team because. Seriously, she's the best basketball. She is the I'm best sorry. basketball. Player Yo, I would sign. Maybe. Hopefully, right. if I can sign, yeah. She, who? I've been she's she's so first. good at basketball. Like I was, I I balled with her the first fight island, and she's just like, because you could tell she doesn't get a lot of conversation about like a, the NBA in Egypt. So she was <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. like just bring up all of these, just like because she's a big Suns fan because she's oh we've Steve talked Nash, about it before and yeah. I'm from Phoenix yeah. yeah and she's just bringing up like the most random games I'm like. <laughs> and she was just like cross, 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 fade away three. I'm just like Jesus oh, Christ! I love like, that fair. Why are you covering MMA media? Go be a professional basketball player. She's <laughs> like, she's like, she's from halfway. Like Dan Marley. That's all. Right. That's oh, good Dan name. Marley, old school. Dan Marley's old school. Uh, Thunder Dan. right down the street from me. No way. That's awesome. Thunder Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Except the font. Whoever, if anyone is like really big into fonts, it's not the best so if you see it from a far away you, you would think it's called mcgurgles not marley's because <laughs> he spells it like a psychopath okay this is a, we, we, this was an answer how long so have we, been going for too long but we're going still <laughs> all right fair enough there was no press conference, I don't think, right? So we kind of, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Terrence, I, I don't think it was a fart. Casey, what? you was it you? Wait, wait, why are you asking me, know, Casey? You're the no, foreign no, no. expert. Someone posted a screenshot in my feed of all these like responses. Uh, yeah, yeah. The was it during the the Edwards the Edwards Hosa fight? 
I don't know what oh. fight it was. Yeah, but there there was a um. I watch. I've been watching fights on mute lately, so I have no idea. There was a very loud noise on the broadcast. Uh, I I would have said more sounding more like something like Velcro, almost like a loud, almost Velcro-y noise. But I could see how <laughs> you could interpret it as perhaps someone, uh, you know, passing gas, as it were, on air. Uh, that's what uh, that seemed to be the popular theory. Yeah. So if, if you're on I, Twitter, I don't you're in, my entire feed was like. Fart. Who farted? That was DC. DC farted. Oh, DC let yeah. one go. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. So the answer is DC. That is the official answer. Yeah. Dan Cormier farts. <laughs> oh. <laughs> My credentials get revoked. <laughs> How dare yeah, you? You're, it's gone. Dude, <laughs> someone said in the you comments, know? and I hadn't even thought of it. Completely unrelated to farts. Overeem versus Fedor for Fedor's reti- for the Fedor's retirement fight. Ooh. Oh, that's terrific! Yes, game. finally, Ooh. finally. The pro. I wish finally. so. Fedor, I'm speaking to you. I know you said your fight against Rampage was the last time you'd fight in Japan. That has to change. You got to fight Overeem in Japan inside Tama. Sorry, but sorry, pal. It has to be done. <laughs> uh, by the way, there, we. There, you know how I know it wasn't. It, it wasn't DC. He would have joked about it if it was. I think he would have <laughs> joked about it. He's very like. Uh, one, not afraid to make fun of himself, and two, when stuff happens on the broadcast, he like reacts to everything. So I, th- I think if it was him, he would have said it. So I don't think it was DC. No, I don't. Everybody, think, yeah, it's everybody <laughs> blaming DC. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, he, he would, he would be very aware if it happened and that people were talking about it. He would address it. He would have addressed it during the show. I guarantee it. He loves talking about that stuff. What did he do? Like take his headset off and like sit on it? Like, well, like, I mean, I don't know. Jeez, Louise! No, it's, you've been inside the expense. No, it's it's echoey, man. Big <laughs> up, true, true. I didn't there think we'd be talking parts, about. It. There are parts in the apex when we got the tour where you can. It's like that weird thing where if you could be having a normal conversation across the room and someone could hear it all the way over there in like a very specific spot. You know what I'm talking about? Like that. We like it happened. There's a lot of museums like that. You know, party is a feeling. <laughs> Brad Wolfen, <laughs> farting is a feeling. Oh, that might be the comment of the night. <laughs> the comment of the night based on the, the maybe the promo of the last decade. And that's yeah, I think how that's we it ends. Right. All right, guys. Brother, we had... The entire staff is officially retired. We had almost, a, for the oh last like, uh, like hour, I think, I think we had almost a thousand people watching. So I, I, every, I say this every time, but man, you guys watching are the friggin' best. Uh, but this is a very good fight night card, so I'm glad it sounds like a lot of people tuned in and not tuned into our show. Um, yeah, this is great. I just I love doing this. I love you guys, who I'm doing the show with, and I love all the people watching. It's so much fun. Just that whole comment, like all of it, between the the, the picture and just what it says, and thinking of Britain Hart, like all of that came together. Just amazing. God, that's phenomenal. Wow. I don't know. I just We have to leave it at that. So thank you very that's much it. for watching, all of you crazy people. Hope you guys enjoyed the, uh, the festivities. AK and I are back tomorrow. Uh, go subscribe on the podcast network for on to the next one, which has become a very popular show on the podcast network, which we appreciate very much. And then we'll wrap things up with all the other shows and all that good stuff as we get you ready for UFC 258 next Saturday. Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns for the welterweight title is the main event. For AK, Jose, E. Casey Lydon, I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody.
You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.